Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Charlie with me, and I also have Tamika. Say hello to everybody. Hey. Tonight, we're actually reviewing Batman 1989. This is part of our revisiting series that we're doing here at Movie Lovers Tonight. So I hope that everybody enjoys this review and what we have in store for the next couple of days. Because we're doing this all the way up until the Robert Pattinson Batman comes out, which I can't wait to see. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with it. So, this movie came out on June 19, 1989. This movie also had a budget of 35 to $48 million, and it made $406.6 million at the box office. Wow. Yeah. So, no wonder why they wanted to do sequels and all that other stuff. So, so yeah. I mean, it's successful. You have to get Robert Pattinson as a Batman. Jeez. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. You Hold just on. had to throw Robert Pattinson in this whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I'm sorry. I'm not looking forward to that movie at all. It looks bad. I, I'll watch it. And, and I'm Batman fatigued, but I will watch it just to see what's going on i guess i, I mean know. i'm gonna watch it am i gonna spend money in it no i can wait the 45 days till it's on hbo max and watch it for free um honestly like, i don't want to sit in a theater a, a theater for three hours to watch a a detective thing with robert pass and begin all moody like <laughs> like the batmobile doesn't look that great Oh, oh, like, and then it's hearing the scene the director's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's practical effects, real fire. <laughs> okay, so I don't I don't like the casting for Catwoman. I yeah. think they could have casted somebody better, to be honest. And, I, I agree. I, I want to see what she's going to do, but I, I don't have high hopes. No. Because I saw her in the X-Men movie, so I was like, nah. All right. nah. Okay, yes, Charlie. Uh oh, John, you froze. Um, so anyway, uh, Charlie, what did you enjoy about Batman nineteen eighty nine? What stood out to you? Well, Nicholson was good as Joker. Yeah, I did feel though he went a little over the top though. Um, I think it was like a little, little too much. That kind of took him, took it out, took me out of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said. I, this is I didn't watch this movie until after I saw the Nolan movies, where I watched Batman Begins in theaters, and then the 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 epic, probably one of my favorite movies of all time, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, they he changed the game for the, that. I think I think for me, I like the serious tone of the Batman movies. I'm not a huge fan of the campiness of it. I know of it, and then that's why I just didn't really care for this one. It was just too campy, cringeworthy. Like that musical performance Joker was doing in the middle of the film at the museum. I was like, what, what, what am I watching? Like, no, like, I think, I think I get, a, like, if I want a movie, if I want to watch a version of this, because the this version, mm-hmm. aspects of it are in the Dark Knight. Like the char- some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you don't have the, the commissioner or like the head focusing on, we got to focus in on this party. You got to talk about a party. We need to celebrate two thousand years. We got and like every single word in this guy's sentence was 
party, 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 party. We're not caving, party, party, party. Okay, we're going to cave. Yeah. And we're going to go back to the party. party. Oh, people are dying at the party. party. Like, like the guy was like, so focus so much on parties. Like, is it, it was he getting paid for how many times he had to say the word party in the script? Party. Yeah. It was the 80s. It was the 80s term. Yeah, I get that. I get <laughs> that. And then we panic and then we party again. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just didn't work. I, I mean, it just, it was just funny seeing, uh, Colt 45 in there as Harvey Dent. <laughs> 45. Yes, I, I know about the Colt 45. <laughs> I like Harvey Dent's transition from black to white. <laughs> He's like, I'm a black man and then now I'm white in the rest of the films. I'm like, you do the 10-year challenge or more, and that's the Harvey Dent one. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I think they I, I they introduced the character, but then again, like, they, he was just not a major character. No, he was in the first. Yeah. yeah. He is a major part. He's an iconic villain, so I kind of wish yeah. they did, had a little bit more of focus on that, of how he turns, but then again, mm-hmm. like, they, they, they're, they planted so many seeds in this one and they, they don't even pick them back up and Batman returns. Like it's just uh-huh. the only one that returns is literally Batman. Cause he's in the title. <laughs> yeah. Batman returns. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> but it's like the Joker isn't back. Harvey Dent yeah. isn't back. They don't turn. Him yeah. Into <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, and then they kill the Joker off in this one. And it's like, you can't supposedly. kill the Joker. Yeah. I don't think you can. No, supposedly he's dead. Well, Ar- the Arkham games say, oh, actually, we can kill the Joker. We have the guts to do it. What? In the Arkham games, they kill Joker. What? Really? Yeah. Arkham City, they did. Spoiler for everyone, if anybody hasn't played the games, they've been out for quite a while. But, yeah. My my theory is that the Joker can't be killed because it, it reminds me of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Like, yeah. it's, it's more of an idea. And, like, you kill him. And somebody else take the mantle, and then more and more, it's like Hydra, but for Joker. So that's yeah. my thing of why the Joker can't ever be killed. I didn't necessarily see that Walking Phoenix version of the Joker. I just what Charlie? It didn't interest me. It looked yeah, literally like the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm not. I mean, Walking Phoenix is okay. I'm that's not a huge fan of his. And it just, it wasn't, like, it, I mean, for me, it's like, I don't really care about an origin story for the Joker mm-hmm. when we get kind of it in the other movies. So it's, just, I, I don't know, it's just that the, that movie didn't look interesting to me. And it just, I didn't care for it and had nothing to do about Gotham, nothing to do about Batman. I'm sorry, can't, you don't do Joker movie, you don't have Batman in it, so. All right, so let's oh. get back on to, uh, yeah. so. Here's the thing. Whenever you look at the Batman 1989 movie and everything, too, it brings back a lot of nostalgia for me as a kid that was actually being part of that era because of the fact this was my first movie that I ever saw in theaters. Yeah. It's the 1989 Batman. I remember also, too, my mom sitting me down and saying, hey, look, this is going to be different than the Adam West Batman that you watch on for reruns and everything. I'm like, I know. Can you just be quiet? I want to watch my movie. Oh. No I was like, that, the, wow. <laughs> so I was just like, I was just excited to see Batman, and that's all I cared about. I didn't care about the pep talk. I got to see my superhero on the screen for the very first time. And it was one of those things that was like, to be honest with you, it was it was a time, it was very atmospheric. 
atmospheric, if you think about it, where everybody was excited to see this movie. It was the very first live adaptation of Batman. We also had the Superman, uh, Christopher Reeves, Superman, and stuff like that. But this was actually the big deal for everybody. This was the first time to see Batman on the big screen. I even have the Batman 1989 comic book that, that was sold in the movie theater and everything, oh, too. So lucky. But, you know, when you look at this, if you think about it, Nicholson was good for that time. And this is, and it doesn't matter if you're, I think it's a generation thing. If yeah. you don't like the 1989 Batman, this movie is not going to be for you or anything like that, which I, which I actually understand why. It's a generation thing of what you grew up with. Mm-hmm. So we grew up, Tamika and I grew up with the 1989 Batman. And, you know, for that time, it was dark. If you look at the whole entire themes of the 1989 Batman, it was dark for its time. Nicholson was on top of his game during that time. You also have him coming off of, uh, of course, The Shining. And then you also, a couple of years before that, was also one flew over the cuckoo's nest as well. So you had Nicholson. I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually how he got the role for Joker, was watching The Shining. Mm-hmm. But to me... Nicholson was just playing Nicholson with this. Yeah. One. Now that I look back, back then it's like, oh wow, he did such a phenomenal job as the Joker. But looking back on it now, he was just playing as himself into this role, especially whenever his name is Jack. Yeah. Which Joker doesn't really have an actual origin story. It's surrounded by different myths and different legends and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So that was also another thing. But, you know, I liked also, too, that we actually have a Harvey Dent in this 1989 world who happens to be someone of color, though, too, which is very different for the 80s, in my opinion. But what do you guys think? Yeah, Charlie was saying, um, gosh, yeah, it's generational. You know, like Charlie was saying he likes the Heath Ledger version of Joker better. But he also see aspects of the Dark Knight in this 1989 Batman. And I and thinking back on it, yeah, I see that too. Like when the like Charlie, me and Charlie was talking about when the Joker was um at the table with the gangsters and he's just telling them, Hey, you know, I'm the new boss in town. And they're looking at him like, What's wrong with you? Wipe that stupid grin off your face. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, What do you mean? You know. Um, but that scene, I don't know, I'll it's like it's so sadistic and it's like I shouldn't laugh at this but why am I laughing with him <laughs> like he just electrocuted a guy and he's like burnt to a crisp and then he's like oh we got a live one here I was like uh ha, ha, oh my god why am I laughing at this no wonder I'm so messed up <laughs> but yeah, that's something I liked was with the dark humor and things like that too. Very I dark. thought that was, yeah, which is something that I really liked with this I'm was the dark humor. They, I'm sorry, John. I, I was saying I'm surprised they got Jack Nicholson to do those prosthetics. You know, his mouth was permanently. I'm surprised they got him to do it because he doesn't seem like a reasonable guy <laughs> that would do anything. But one thing you have to realize with Jack though is he's a at that. To be honest with you, he can do just about anything that you can think of. He also yeah. did Wolf. He's a very seasoned actor. Yeah. So too. So he'll do anything that they right. He can he'll do anything that the part tells him to do. As a matter of fact, this is actually part of another thing I want to bring up. 
most people during Jack Nicholson time would not even touch a super uh, hero movie. Mm-hmm. They thought it was beneath them. And here's Jack Nicholson, an Academy Award winning actor, playing a role in a comic book type movie. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. But what about you for for you, Charlie? Yeah, I liked again. I thought he was good in this. Then again, I think there's there's a fine line between good Nick Nicholson and a little too much. It was good to a point, and then it went a little too much. Jack Nicholson, and I was kind of tired of it. Because I think he was going like I mean he was going a little over the top, and I can only handle so much of him. Like him dancing, like having that musical number in a musical number in the museum. That really is like what? That's when I was like, no, all right, <laughs> no, like it's, it's just too. It was too cringeworthy. It was like, what the heck am I watching again? And I appreciate it if you guys grew up in this time again. This movie came out three years before I was even born. So it's like, and then again, I I wasn't really fully into Batman until I watched the Nolan ones, and the Nolans and Christopher Nolan changed the game mm-hmm. for the Batman movies. They made it that, but I think for me, it's just, I mean, again, another positive. I liked Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Agreed. I didn't like him as Batman. I just didn't think it just. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think I think for me, like. I think Val Kilmer was a little, if we're going in the 90s, Val Kilmer was a better Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne. And I think, I think for me, I think, I think, but for me, my favorite Batman, I think, is Bale. I like Christian Bale as Batman. I think just, just for what he was able to do it. I mean, for what, he, what again, that, but I think Keaton was a better Bruce Wayne. Like the scene that made me laugh the most, like you want a party, like when he yells, like when like when the when uh the Joker shows up <laughs> Let's at go the nuts. house and he's got the uh and he has the middle the, the plate in his stomach and he goes, You want a party? And I was like, What? Is that the best system? Is that seem to be the line everybody say, all the iconic uh sides are saying either party like Arnold and Commando, come on, mm-hmm. Bennett, let's party. Yeah. To Arnold like to like Stallone saying that saying something along the lines of party. It's just like that seems to be the line. Like, okay, in your eighties, you got to be tough. You gotta say you want to party, but screaming yeah. and then screaming, and then. But I mean, again, he's better as Bruce Wayne. The bat, him as Batman was what it was. What it was. Like, I think he's, the only guy that I think that was good as both. I mean, recently is probably. I think I got to go Ben Affleck. Like, I mean, Ben a did a great job that, as Batman. To be honest, like I said, both. He was great as Bruce Wayne. Uh-huh. And he was great as Batman. Like I mean, he balanced out both. Yeah, like everybody. Oh, there's a lot of hate for it when Ben Affleck was casted as Batman. I was like, I wasn't hating it, and I thought it was a good choice. He was good in it, I and mean, I thought he was that. But I think now we're getting to the point of Batman fatigue. Like, all right, we got to cast another one. Oh wow, but it's in a different universe. These timelines are too confusing. Let's stick with what? one. Like, kind of like let's do this. What they're doing with James Bond. Have have one guy. For maybe about three or four movies, and then do somebody new. Like we don't, we don't need to keep redoing different versions of. Oh yeah, we need to do year one. Like no, we don't. Like we got it. We got an idea of it. Like let's just stick with one. Because I'm tired. We're gonna, and then we're gonna have like fifty different Batman in the Flash. Literally, we're gonna probably have different different pe- Batman's. There's rumors pay- Bale will be in that one, oh. or there's rumor, and then we know we're getting Affleck, and then then you have uh the Flash come out saying. Then we're Affleck. also getting Keaton. Yeah, yeah uh, and you got Keen, you got Keen showing up. 
And then, and then, but and then now we have a flash come out saying, "Oh yeah, um, Ben Affleck's not done playing Batman." I'm like, it's like, all right. I mean, I mean, I think I think the Batman, the one that's coming out in March, I think it would have been a lot better if they just kept Ben Affleck in it. Honestly, I think that, and I think it would have been a better movie. I'm sorry, I I don't like Robert Pattinson. I just he's not cutting it for me. I don't want to see a mo- mo- moody little teen for three hours. Well, I think he's going to give a different aspect to it, but let's get back into 1989 well, real it's, quick. It's, it's, <laughs> Batman. it's all, it's all, it's revisiting Batman. It's all the talk. I mean, it's all, it's all on topic. I'm not going off. I'm not going off right. the rails, but no. it, 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 we're talking about the different Batmans. I mean, it, it's work, but it just, I, I don't know. I just like him as Bruce, Keen as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But he's not great as Batman. Like my first, like the first intro, you see Batman. It's an animated one, kind of like like he felt like a Batman's walking, but it looks like he's having a heart attack on a green screen. <laughs> it was really bad animated, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I thought my ideas were changed because I watched this back in 2014. I don't remember of it. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, I figured. Oh yes, five like five years later, or no, not five years, but like. Whatever, eight years, mm-hmm. whatever. Eight years later, oh yeah, I figured my thoughts would change on this. That opening sequence you've seen the Batman walking and animated and, and the kind of like having a heart attack. I'm like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, my opinion hasn't changed on this. This, <laughs> is, this was bad. Well, <laughs> I, I was gonna sorry, John. I was gonna say to uh, Charlie's point is interesting that you say that about Michael Keaton as a better uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, no, Bruce Wayne than Batman because. It's the opposite. Some people think it's the opposite for Kilmer. They say that he's a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. Like he really tied into the emotions of Bruce's inner demons. Like it went more in depth into the psychosis of why Bruce is so fucked up, pretty much. But another thing I wanted to mention, oh, real goes, the thing that I liked, though, too, that I wanted to bring up was the fact that you know, I ended up the things that I liked was this whenever you see Vicky investigating Bruce, and then you see the Joker investigating Vicky. And then you see Bruce investigate. All these characters are investigating each other at the same time, which I find really interesting. So I thought that was a really cool dynamic that they actually did with it. Where you have all these other characters uh, doing their own research on each other, and they don't even know that they're doing their own research. Also, too, the most Bruce Wayne thing that I remember from this movie was, remember when they show all the statues from different countries that Bruce had collected? Yeah, and then Knox is over there making jokes. Of course, she, uh, Vicky's over there friend zoning him the whole entire time. He's basically mm-hmm. Captain Friend Zone of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, she's over there friend zoning him, and he's over there making these uh, jokes. He goes, "Oh, I wonder what's up with this guy. I wonder where he came from." And then here comes uh, Michael Keaton. He came from China, mm. and everything. Just being a very Bruce Wayne kind of character which is something that i really liked i feel like he was he was believable as bruce wayne to be honest with you and also too we also get a detective version of this of bruce wayne and batman which is something that we haven't seen other than the animated show and also too maybe a little bit of the adam west show but yeah those that's another thing i liked of that aspect as well 
Um, then also too, there's also another scene uh, at the art gallery though too, where Vicky and them are trying to escape from the Joker. Mm-hmm. And you know, at first as a kid, you're thinking, "Oh, this is actually pretty cool. This is a whole action. This is this thing is action packed." Then you get into it, and then now as an adult, it's like you realize how small those actions pieces actually are. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. But seeing it on the screen for the first time, you're in, enticed or glued into the whole entire thing. Uh, this is Batman. This is a world that we know of as Gotham. And now, when you watch it, it's like, okay, the streets are a little closed in. The action sequences don't really fit as they should. Okay. Uh-huh. But, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's campy, but it's campy and fun, though, for me to revisit. But I'm yeah. going to let you guys... Well, like you said, it's a it's a generational thing. Um, we're we're stuck in the eighties. <laughs> all, all that cheesiness. We're like, oh my god, it's so awesome! Yay, we all right. Oh, that don't make sense. Like Charlie was saying, they party every five minutes. <laughs> and the the scene in the art museum when Prince came on, I was like, oh, it's Prince, and I like Prince anyway. And they're playing Prince. Yeah, it's cheesy. You know, you introduce a song from a soundtrack in a movie. Like, oh, that's cheesy. But one thing you have to give credit for with the Burton film, it seems like all the other uh, Batman films are taking some inspiration from Burton. You know, like Charlie was saying, there's um, in Dark Knight, it seems like there's some inspiration taken there. And then in the newest Batman is coming out, it seems like they're shifting more toward a detective style, dark mm-hmm. and gritty. So maybe Batman 1989 influenced that. So I, I have to say it is a very influential film for what it's worth. But go um, ahead, Charlie. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, no, no, go on, man. I talked to, go on. I was about to say, I mean, again, yeah, like again for me, the the, the I, I mean Prince is good. I just didn't like the way they introduced it in the in in the dance sequence. Like that was like, what what is this? Like and then like, again, I don't know. It just didn't work. And then I think it, this movie was more Knox Knox trying to hit on Mickey Vane than there was actual Batman. And that's like, is it that movie? This movie could have been either an hour and forty minutes, not two hours and six minutes, because you have to keep doing the whole. Will he, won't he stuff with Knox? I don't care about Knox. I want to punch him in the face. I want to kick him in the nuts. I'll be honest with you. Knox is aggravating, but I understood why they actually introduced them, too, because they both work for the column. They both work in the newspaper story outlet thing. So I understand it from a newspaper uh, standpoint. And, of course, Knox is obsessed with Batman. Is he real? Is he not real? Thing. So I understand why they wanted to put the mythology behind Knox. Which at that time I thought Knox was actually funny. Now, now as an adult, he's more annoying than he's in anything, especially how he hits on Vicky Vale all the time. Yeah, and stuff and he like that. Said that he was a, he was like, who is this waste of space? I'm like, on <laughs> <laughs> the audience, exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he's like, I don't think the character appears again in any of the other movies, and then no. it's like, no. and it's like, I mean, and then like, and there's no no continuity with this one and then Batman Returns but other than Batman because he's literally in the title called Batman Returns 
Nobody else is the same. No Harvey Dent. When you introduce yeah, Harvey right Dent, now. they could have been maybe had less knocks, maybe more, more Harvey Dent, maybe to expand on how he becomes Two Face, because that would have been interesting if they put that. Well, nah. from what I heard, they actually were going to do that in the third film, was put Harvey in there in the Tim Burton world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why they went around and did the Batman Forever without them was because of the fact that it was too scary for kids for the second movie. The Happy Meals, they wanted to, uh, the Happy Meals uh, were scary for kids, supposedly. I collected all of them, I didn't care. Um, but they were trying to make it more kid-friendly, so therefore that's why they got rid of Tim, and they went with a different direction, which is why you see the glow sticks, which is why you see all this other stuff happening that's totally different in tone than what uh, Tim Burton did. Anything for what what he did in the 1989 version, and also too with uh, Batman Returns. But yeah, he had all that set up for the third film to have Harvey in it. Mm. It's just because of the fact that they wanted to gear more towards kids, and also too, they also said that this is the second movie was the most violent uh, Batman movie that they have ever seen. And my mom, <laughs> I remember my mom standing up for the Batman movie, Batman uh, Returns movie, because I've seen worse than that in Jaws and stuff like that. She was just going off the reels with it. My Italian mother going off the reels about uh, how much more violent stuff that she's seen versus this. Um, but I I got a <laughs> counter for that one. This, this, there was something that was definitely more violent that came out in the 80s. But go ahead, John. I'll get into this. I know which one you're going to say. I know which one that's on your wheelhouse right now that you're you're going to say about that. But, you know, we're going to get into this a lot with the Batman Returns uh, revisit uh, uh-huh. tomorrow night. But he killed a lot of people in the second movie. They say Batman doesn't kill. He killed a lot of people in the second film. Then, of course, you also have Michael Keaton also shooting at uh, the Joker and everything too, and missing him the whole entire time with guns. And then uh, you have that happening. Then he also throw. Uh, you can tell that he wasn't going to try and save Jack's life, mm-hmm. which is Joker's life at all. He was just going to go in here and let him die. Well, he, oh. he, he tried, but the glove was slippery. <laughs> what? It was slippery. But you can, you can <laughs> tell though. I mean, you can literally tell that he was out for vengeance because of the fact that he killed his parents. He didn't. Know. But, oh, he knew. But, you he know, knew. he was trying to save him. The glove was slippery. He had a leathery, <laughs> slippery, wet glove. And he's the same like, thing OJ said. I, I mean, I dropped you in a bat of acid. And then he let that detective die. He let Jack shoot that detective. And I was like, and he, he was a dirty cop. He's not gonna stop that, and then he's standing there like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and you can He let the and then he pushed him into the yacht. Like, I mean, but uh, but yeah, like just standing, like, "Oh, yeah, cops can shot." Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. This man just shot the cop. <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? But there is one silly part when they were trying to get him. And he was cornered. He was like, you know, because I think in in those films they said with a the costume they couldn't turn their neck. So yeah, no, it was very bulky. He's that, like, oh, he looked high. Oh. He, look, he looked like he was smoking weed 
when he was in the Batman costume. More like cocaine, because... <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, but if you want to talk about an 80, violent 80s movie, like violent 80s action movie, that was actually promoted to kids. That's way more violent than all these, these Batman. Robocop. Robocop was neat. That was for kids. Oh, it's yeah. R rated. Yep, it was R-rated geared towards kids. X rated. At the time, it was X rated for violence. Oh my god! And gosh. it was geared towards kids. The action figures, like the like the like the pop, like, kind of like the uh, like those pop guns or whatever, like yeah. that is the something like that. Yeah, I had that, some. Robocop was cr- at, at marketed for kids. Wow, like all that. And if you want to talk about eighties, like again, eighties and like. Not really superhero in a sense. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like that, and he kind of is for what they for the, the the what Paul Verhoeven did for that. Just to see, because again, we can compare these. Both came out in the eighties. This is later eighties, mm-hmm. and that I mean to see RoboCop mm-hmm. that for eighties and how well it looked, shot everything about it was shot really well, and it didn't look campy. Well, yeah, sure, it was campy. But it didn't feel like that. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny to laugh at, but we, I, 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 you can appreciate that movie a lot because for what it was, and it was one of those, it's one of those iconic '80s action movies now, and that the remake is absolute dog crap. Like literally, I mean, if you want really good, like I mean, because that has great. I mean, it's in a sense these both both movies are kind of like they have. Well, then again, the, like the like, unlike Batman, he 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 didn't he he didn't have like that. He didn't get beat down or shot his arm off or his hand or whatever. They both had good villains. If I had to compare the two, I mean, comparing the two villains, I'm more of a fan of Clarence Boddicker because he's got that same laugh like the Joker in a sense. No. But he's got those funny liners, like those funny liners, like "bitches leave." <laughs> I mean, you don't hear him literally when he shows up to get a bitch's leave. He's like a lot of innuendos. But it's just because Kurtwood Smith was fantastic in a sense because they're both kind of in their own way crazy characters. They are nice. But, and they both want control. Yes. But Kurtwood Smith is like, he's like, if anybody doesn't know who Kurtwood Smith is, I've like um, watched that 70s show. Yeah. He is fantastic as Red Foreman. Mm-hmm. He literally has, he, he really epitomized the word dumbass mm-hmm. in how he wants to write a book called On the Roads in Your Ass, Chapter mm-hmm. One, My Foot. And now that they, he's coming back for the spinoff show, that 90s show, which, oh. is, which is filming now on Netflix, actually makes sense. Both him and Kitty are back. And it's revolving around Eric and Donna's daughter. Mm. daughter they're, and then they're staying at the foreman's place. Mm-hmm. And the the name of the daughter is Leia. Of course it is. Because it's, because <laughs> it's, it's Eric. Anyway, back to Kurtwood Smith. I thought, like I said, and, and, I mean, they're two different characters. Mm-hmm. And they're both insane. And essentially both of them, like, 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 I mean, both of them dealt with, like, not really. I think it's the other guy got, like, he got completely Lindsay Lohan when he, when the, uh, when the guy turned into toxic waste. So in a sense, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, there's some, they're not similar. It's the same they're in the eighties movies. If you want, like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't grow up with Robocop. 
I watched it years later. Yeah. The movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. In the X-rated version, you may be wondering, why is it X-rated? Oh, it was violent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bam, it was, bam. yeah blood quips. Like, Paul Verhoeven was famous for that. But they're kind of like the RoboCop and Batman are kind of similar in a way. They both dealt with trauma in a way. Like, one literally... <laughs> He got he got he got destroyed by pieces. Batman, he lost his parents in an alley. And honestly, well, like, yeah. but anyway, but, I mean, they, they both fit in its eighties. But yeah, they're both geared to kids. <laughs> I think for me, like if like again, they're two different different properties and all that <laughs> stuff. But that that the whole point I was getting at is like geared towards kids. But I think for another eighties, by saying oh, Batman's violent. Yeah, well, RoboCop came out in the '80s, and they said, "Hold my beer," and I'll and I'll pay that for a doc, <laughs> and I'd buy uh, that for a dollar. Boom! I, my theory about them saying is violence. Maybe the parents were stuck on a '60s Batman, so yeah. they had Dark that nostalgia in their head, and they see this, and they're like, "What is this? This is too dark. I want the fun-loving Batman that I grew up with." But go ahead, John. No, go on ahead, Tamika. Yeah, um, I'm done. I said my part. Okay. So speaking of things not going too dark and everything, too, you might want to go on and pick up a manscape and everything, too. <laughs> so here's the thing. Valentine's Day is coming up. So yeah. you know what you need to get. You need to get your significant other to make his balls feel great. You need to make his balls feel like the best damn balls that, he, that he's ever touched. So what you need to do is you need to get yourself the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 Manscaped, the leader in male grooming, have done it once again for your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code Unite. There was once a time in, in my young life where I was actually shaving with the wrong tools. You don't want to shave with the wrong tools. You don't want to spend hours in awkwardness inside an ER bleeding out from your rectum. No. You want to go ahead and shave with the best package. And the best package is the 4.0 by Manscaped. And it has arrived, and oh man, has it been worth it. Inside the package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a trial bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the new performance uh, 4.0 include the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, is an insane and dare I say, a great ball trimmer. Yeah, I said it. It's a great ball trimmer, and I promise you, too, your balls are going to thank you, and also, too, your woman who picks this up for you for Valentine's Day is also going to thank you, too, for shaving with the best of uh, uh, the lawnmower 4.0. And also, too, you might want to also go on ahead and get yourself some body body wash, some good-smelling stuff and everything, because I'll tell you this, I shower all the time with this stuff. I don't even want to leave my fiancé's shower all the time, because I just want to shower with... Uh, the Manscaped uh, shampoo and body wash, the conditioner, all that stuff is really good. And especially, it's all 100% authentic. Not only that, but there's also, you have it has aloe vera in it. It also has a couple of other uh, good chemicals in there, too, that actually help you clean all your goodies off. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered 360 degrees rotary dual blade system. The nose and ear trimmer, Provides proximity skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Mm. Deal the deal with Manscaped liquid formulations, the crop preserver ball deodorant for before leaving the house, the crop preserver ball toner for mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even is even through in the 
uh, two free gifts for the Performance 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, the Shed Travel Bag, Bring Your Comfort, and Boxers to another level. And that's, once again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MovieLovesUnite at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MovieLovesUnite at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Have enough to do this Valentine's Day to please your significant other. So this, so go on ahead, please your woman on this Valentine's Day. And let's go ahead and talk about Batman 1989. Sure, lots of balls are clapping right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as the guy who shot, got shot in the middle in RoboCop. Definitely, uh, he won't be uh, using Manscaped anytime soon. Batman <laughs> so, probably use Manscaped because he does. That's why, he's tra- like I said, you want to shave with the best and everything. No wonder why Vicky was all over him, and no, she didn't want to go with Knox because Knox used the wrong he ball trimmer. Manscaped, yeah, he he used it right before Vicky came to visit, and that's how they ended right. up in the pit. And bam, yeah, <laughs> they did. See, you see how fast Manscaped works? It works yeah. just like that. Yeah, Batman. Anyway. Yeah. No, you're but, wondering why I'm on YouTube. I'm watching out for spammers at the same time. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but go with Vicky. Duty. She was annoying for me. Oh she was man, really annoying. She was. Like, like, oh. like glasses, no glasses. Not uh-huh. great look. Not great. Make up your mind already. Like, this is not Superman. Just not, oh, I'm going to take the glasses off. I'm going to look hot. Like, this is not Superman. Like, stick with, like, I, I, I that one just was, like, really, really annoying. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, at the time, it was a good choice. I don't think Kim Basinger was really, like, that give a choice for Vicky, well, for me, personally. Well, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, she screamed every five minutes. Every time sun dropped. Ah! Whoa, I mean, she's better whoa, as a, yeah. she's a better yeah she's better as a femme like one of those like in those noir movies like uh, later on. Sure, she was popular at that time, so maybe at the time it worked. It just didn't. I mean, she was very like okay. First, she doesn't look that, and then and then she looks like and then now now we have her like long like hair back like mm-hmm. like that and and the gla- glasses off and she's wearing and she's at these galas and that's like what. Like it's like back and, and then that then she's back to looking not great at, in the uh, in the newspaper stand and yeah that might be the that nah, but you see everybody else looking I don't know that just really like annoyed me I'm like let's stick let's stick with one style and not go back and forth back and forth back and forth and then, then I, again I don't know she just she just practically screamed the whole time and it's like mm-hmm. it was really it was kind of a, kind of like annoying I'm like you just get her for her looks or her acting. I mean, and again, at the time, I don't know. I mean, it's back in those days, yeah, it was basically about sex appeal and about who was the most popular woman at that time. And so, to speak, Cam Basinger was actually their top pick. Mm-hmm. And also, too, at that time, they didn't give a lot of females credit for their acting. No. It was basically Dazzle in Distress, Tie Me to the Railroad Tracks, and Come and Save Me kind of style of how they did things. Mm-hmm. compared to what they do today they actually give their women credibility of their actresses and also too they also go ahead and give them layers to what they need so that's something i appreciate today's time it just goes to show you how far behind we were when it came down to this female leads and all vicky was there for was sex appeal she was just there just to be there for a love interest for bruce wayne and batman mm-hmm. and it worked no- at that for that time in 1989 it doesn't work now because we've gotten so invested into other actresses and how they do things mm-hmm. to where now it just feels like it's obsolete now. 
on that kind yeah. of way of acting. And especially the part where Vicky, he asked Vicky how much she weighs, which is also a big no-no whenever you ask. You don't never ask a woman how much she weighs. Yeah. And then he goes, you weigh more than that. I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing, but now it's kind of cringy because of the fact that we're living in a different time. Mm -hmm. That other time, it could have been funny. But, yeah, she was just, and as far as the glasses and everything goes, I can understand that because some people will actually take their glasses on, read something, taking them off, uh, and everything. And it also, too, I think at that time, too, is about critical thinking. Maybe when she took them off and she's actually chewing on that bottom part and everything is basically her trying to think and everything, but that's just me pushing the envelope a little bit. But, you know, yeah, I'm definitely pushing it. There was definitely no chemistry. It definitely, no. there's no chemistry no. between her and Batman. And it seems like oh, I just picked no. up on it now. All in the nine, this and then the 90s Batmans, all the female leads were blonde. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and like getting getting uh, Nicole Kinman for Chase. I don't know. I'm not. She, she, I'm not. A, I, I mean, sure, would have worked. But then again, I don't think there was much chemistry that I can remember between the two of them. Like, and then you get Batgirl, um, Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. So we're gonna talk about that. As, as we're gonna talk about that too. <laughs> um, and then, but again, I don't know. It's just, I mean, and then I think, but I think, I think, and it's like they just didn't give the female characters; they're just more damsel in distresses, mm-hmm. and that's, and then like, I mean, and that's what I appreciate in a later Batman movie is getting strong. Like, I mean, Amy Adams is fantastic as Lois Lane, strong female character that, like, I fought. Um, and then like again, I didn't, I, I like Rachel to a degree in Batman Begins. I didn't like. I then again, I'm not a huge Maggie Gyllenhaal fan, so I was really like that was. If I had to nitpick the Dark Knight when we get to it, it's her. But that's okay because she was a small part, and mm-hmm. and like and, and like she was small. She was it was small on that one, so it didn't really. It, it moved. It moved. It was just a, a plot, a, like a plot floater. It just moved. Yeah, just moved the plot. Basically. It just moved the plot. That's what it was. And it, and then so if I had to nitpick Dark Knight, it was her. If they cast anybody else, yeah, it would have been like that. It's still a perfect movie. Like Dark Knight is still a perfect movie, but like they 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 start getting stronger female characters to agree as we progress later on. Um, I think now these these times are this damsel in distresses, and yeah, at the time it was cool because he had that, but it's like feels like what DC's just trying to copy the uh, Marvel. I'm like, oh man, Marvel Spider Man's got a damsel in distress all the time because all we do is chuck chuck the girlfriend off a of, off a bridge. We just chuck her and Spider Man's gotta save her. <laughs> so now we like why Batman's just like Spider Man except he's human. So yeah, but he's gonna still is gonna say it, like say it, like I mean I kinda like the strong female characters. And I'm like I like I don't really like I'm not a like huge fan of the damsel in distress because I cause like, compared to now of all the strong women like just in no time to die the small side character paloma everybody she's she thinks she's ditzy mm-hmm. hell no she's not ditzy she's a side character she kicks ass so it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like that plane on that whole idea and that's why i think there's like could have been like the girl the actress that played paloma no time to die anna de Amos, she would have been perfect catwoman in the new batman movie because she was up for the running she would have been perfect honestly i think she would have been perfect for that role Luckily, she gets to be in a spinoff of a John Wick movie, so we'll see how that one works, and I think it's going to work well. But 
now we're getting stronger characters. But I think at the time, Vicky was just the cast of the actress they cast. It was just like Kim Basinger. Yeah, she doesn't do anything. She's just there for looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, hence that's why she's perfect as a femme fatale in, in the noir movies because mm-hmm. she always brings danger. And that's literally that. And that's all she did in this one brought danger. And she was just there for looks. And it was really like not a great look, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was surprised too because. I think because we had Ripley, we had strong females, not many, but in the eighties. So I guess, yeah. So I guess with Batman, they don't know how to get a strong female until we get to Batman Returns that can counteract with Batman. Um, But yeah, she was, and um, I feel like that scene at the bell tower. You know, the Joker's just dragging her around. That's pretty much her whole MO. She's just a rag doll that you can just yep. drag around and just do whatever you want with her. Just like a puppet. That's all. Yeah, that's pretty much what she is. And she's in a profession where she's a um a, a photographer and a journalist. And it feels like she's just dumbing herself down, just chasing after this man and just being willing to be dragged around. And also with Chase, which I know we'll get to, she's a psychiatrist and she dumbs herself down because she's sex crazy and she's into Batman. It's I like, feel like this. Yeah. Because I want I want to be honest with you. Like we see her as a journalist. And yeah. then after that, they don't they don't do anything else after that. They just give her the background of who she is. And then we get a little bit of the journalist in Vicky, but not much. It's like they move away from it as soon as they want to go a little bit extra with her. And then they move away from that as like, okay, now we're going to go back to playing dramatic where Batman has to save you. Oh no, the Joker has to is now going to kidnap you. Now Batman has to save you again. They didn't cross that element that I would love for them to do is showing this woman who's a journalist, who's a who who's also happens to be a photographer, investigating things. They did a little bit but not as much as I wanted to. Same thing with Chase. They dived into the psycho, the psychologist, the psychology a part of it, into the psyche of it. And that's something that I wish that they would have actually kept in there a little bit more because I like the psychology aspect of Chase. Mm-hmm. And I thought the chemistry worked a little bit better than Vicky. With and everything because and her, it worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they want to go to psychology route, they should have just introduced Har- like Harleen Quinzel. That's that's another thing I want to talk to you about, Charlie. Is this because I was thinking this the whole time too? Was this they have this other woman side character that they brought in that Jack is actually obsessed with, uh, and he winds up turning her into a version and making her her, her into his artwork as if how he sees her. Mm-hmm. And that's not who, at that time, Harley was not introduced yet. Mm-mm. She wasn't introduced until the animated series of Batman. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they decided to make her a side character. But I understood what they were trying to do for the 1980s. They were trying to give them a side, him a side character, that a love interest for Jack and everything. But it also shows how manipulative that the Joker actually is. He doesn't care about her. He just wanted her to have her because no, somebody else had her. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as he sees Vicky, that's his hot ticket again. So he goes yeah. on ahead and moves over to Vicky now and tosses her aside like nothing. Because mm-hmm. you don't see her after the art scene. 
You only they see your suicide. That's right. She did. She committed suicide because yeah. But oh, that's the oh. that's another point I want to make. Is too they didn't give her enough of a love interest for her to actually show the outcome between her. It was just him ignoring her. Yeah, but I wanted to see more of the dynamic of who the Joker is towards a love interest in the 1980s, even though we got it in the cartoons and we also got it in Suicide Squad and stuff like that. But I wanted to see a little bit more of that aspect in the 1980s now that I'm older. I guess Tim Burton, and I don't know, I have to read more into it. I'm thinking maybe he he probably wanted to do more, like you mentioned, but they said your focus is Batman and Joker, maybe. So these are the only two focused characters he have to work with, and everybody else has to just be a background character to them. So I feel like maybe he was limited what he wanted to do, because I know Burton can go darker. And I know he could do a Harley Quinn, but, um, you know, I, I didn't really think about it that way. She could have, well, she wouldn't have been a great Harley Quinn, but it would have been a good setup. would have been a different spin on uh, having a side, a side character love interest for Joker. Yeah. It wouldn't have been a Harley Quinn, but it would have been a different name and everything, too. So that was something else I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. To go on that point, Tamika. Sorry to go on your point. They spent like they said. Oh, you need to focus on the relationship with Batman and Joker. There was more more movie of Knox and Vicky than there was Batman and Joker. And yeah, and that's like, what's the whole point of a movie called Batman if we're just going to do a movie called Vicky and Knox? <laughs> like you know, like I was like, I didn't care about either those characters. You go see Batman because you got to see Batman. Batman's barely in this movie. You get more knocks than you do Batman, mm. and this is a two-hour movie. You get mm. again, you get more knocks than Batman. Mm. What the heck is that? I mean, again, like then again, anytime Batman was more, I was like, there should have been more Bruce Wayne in this, but you got more knocks. Like, what, what's the whole point of the? I mean, yeah, I mean, I like again, I mean, if you're going there, just to go to that point. You you, you want to focus in? That's what the plot tagline like. That's what the plot is like. The the start of the relationship between Joker and Batman. There was no relationship because it was more Knox and Vicky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, true. Another thing I want to I wanted to bring up as well. I feel like this is actually not a Tim Burton film. This is more of a Batman film than a Tim Burton film. Once you get into the second film the whole entire atmosphere actually changes. It feels more like a Tim Burton film with a slight touch of Batman in it. I I think there are aspects of Burton in it, especially the bell tower. When they get I, up to the bell tower scene, that's I love the bell tower scene. And <laughs> ominous. And um, I can see that kind of, gosh, I know there's an art style for it, but it, I saw him in all the darker architectural parts. I saw Burton in those aspects of the film. And just like I can see it in all his other films and his animated film, like Nightmare Before Christmas, like I, I see those aspects of Burton in that. Especially with Edward Scissorhands, and then you also yeah. have uh, Sleepy Hollow. I know yeah. what you're talking about, like the gothic kind of background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a oh, that's fine. 
Yeah, it was like a, a gothic art deco type of thing he had going on. And I, I do like the how Gotham is kind of grimy and dirty, you know, and it's dangerous. Because when it when it first came on, it tricked me because I was like, oh wait, is this a story of Bruce? And I was like, oh, that's not Bruce. <laughs> you know, it's like this family, they're trying to navigate. I forgot what they were trying to find, but they're going through the streets. Pittsburgh they, or something. Yeah, they're going in the alley. I'm like, oh, the alley, gross. And it's like all these cokeheads and pimps and whores and everybody else walking around the grimy streets of Gotham. And I'm like, okay, that is Gotham, you know, compared to the latter films, like you were saying, where it's like glow stick city and everybody got glow sticks. I'm the glow stick gang. Look at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's actually what they would probably say if they made another movie after Batman and Robin. I'm the glow stick gang. Glow stick gang. Ooh. No gang. Yeah. <laughs> I think that but, wasn't like for when we get to forever, that wasn't the movie that Schumacher wanted to make. That was essentially the studio's version of it. Because I think Batman Forever is supposed to be I think I was reading it was supposed to be a lot darker. It was. Honest. That's what I was saying before. With Burton, Burton, that was supposed to be Burton's movie, and then they had to change the whole entire thing around because of the whole entire Happy Meal thing issue at McDonald's. Then there was also too the issue with the violence, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. and things like that. So therefore, that's why they had to change the directions of it and everything. Because I've actually looked into it myself on that, I mean, and that's, that's why there's trying to release. Oh, sorry, John, they're trying to release. That's why you keep seeing. Released the Schumacher cut. That's what's mm-hmm. trending, and because I think Schumacher had a vision. It wasn't Tim Burton's. It was a different version of a Schumacher movie, mm-hmm. but the studio didn't allow Schumacher to make his version, and that's why there's like there's all these these chamberings for release the Schumacher cut, release it, release it, because this was a really apparently a different movie. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a Burton Batman Forever. I'm interested in what his ideas would have been for Two Face. Like I, I know he would have brought it. With I'd like, love to see uh, the cosmetics for it. Yeah, just his work in his other films. I would be interested to see what he would have done with Batman Forever. Right, I'm I know what he did side. with Batman Returns, which we'll get into tomorrow. But like I say, Batman Returns to me seems more stylistic and slick and chic. And this one I enjoy and dirty and art deco. I know people that don't really like the Batman Returns movie or anything what like that. What's wrong with them? But me, on the other hand, you know, you and I, we both grew up in this time where we've all loved the Batman um, Keaton ones. Yeah, and everything. Anyways, I tell you. But yeah, we're gonna get deep into the re- Batman Returns tomorrow. Yeah. But you know, another thing too is I like the lines. And the Batman uh, movie, though, too, in the 1989 version, you have uh, Joker dressed up and everything in a tuxedo. And he goes, hello, Vinny. It's your Uncle Bingo. Time to play the check. Time to pay the check. That was my <laughs> other thing <laughs> that I liked. Uh, there's also the one where he goes, not that Joker. Where did you get all those? And then, I, then there's also a thing where Jack Nicholson is looking at Batman. And as he's leaving the art gallery... Because where does he get those wonderful toys? And in Suicide Squad, I wish they didn't cut it 
because that's when Joker winds up saying this. I can't wait to show you my toys. Oh, I, I mostly like the dark humor, which you probably shouldn't laugh at. But it, when he said this town needs an enema. Enema. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. And then when he was talking to the burnt charred man and he was like, should I kill him? He's like, oh, you're dark. I'm glad you're dead. I'm so <laughs> glad you're dead. And the man, he's gone. He's deceased. And he's like, I'm glad you're dead. Or he's like, oh, we got a live one here. He's going to electrocute him. But that goes into um, probably my humor is a bit sadistic. Fine, too. If you watch <laughs> The Sopranos, you know that we have some dark humor when it revolves around that. But I, I like Nicholson as the Joker. Um, Nicholson is my number one Joker, and then Heath for me is number two. But um, like I say, it could be a generational thing. Like I thought, Jack encompassed the Joker a lot because he's like a maniac. He's psychotic, you know. Um, Heath, what I know this is eighty nine, but what Heath brought to it, he. Uh, he's a little bit um smarter with it, you know. It's more like giving people choices, you know, seeing what they right. can do. But um, it's more about anarchy. Yeah, anarchy, and then Nicholson is more like um sadistic, funny humor, maniac, ball. Like the Marrero, Marrero. Yeah, party guy, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I I liked it. I liked his laugh. Because it was very creepy and scary. And I often wonder, looking back on it, was Burton or whoever was was trying to do a, um, like a message in this film. Because the Joker, he put these toxic chemicals in all these beauty products. And it, it messed everybody up and infected them. So I, I don't know. I, looking back at it, I'm like, was they trying to put a message in this film? You know, because he's like, there's these toxic chemicals in these beauty products and in everything that we put in our skin and in our bodies. But I could be reading too deep into it. But I don't think you are, though. Yeah. That's the thing, because in the there's a line that Joker says, I'm only smiling on the outside. My smile is just skin deep. If you could see inside, I've been crying. You might join me for a week. So... <laughs> That could be a thing with cosmetics, with people buying too much stuff, going into their own self. Everything mm -hmm. about consumerism. Yeah. 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 So you might I be always, hitting on something. I always think all the Batman films, even the Nolan ones, um, Charlie, have a message to them. Mm -hmm. that it's a reflection of society. Nolan really hits on it, like it's in your face. But looking back at these films, I'm like, oh, okay, consumerism. And then, you know, the toxic chemicals we put in our body. Batman 1989. Oh, yeah, and partying. Apparently, we like the yeah, party. partying. Like the, the guy's like, oh, we got to focus on the partying. I don't party. care there's people being dead. We got to party. I'm like, party. Hey, shut up. You're, 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 party you're time. Anyway. Party. Yeah, um, the guy just got stabbed in the neck. This ain't going to stop the party. <laughs> but it's like no, like no, like, no. Oh, I, you saw him like fate of that. Go on your point. I when like I, I've seen the two like like uh, the two Tim Burton ones, 
I wasn't a fan of it. I don't think I would have wanted to see the third one, to be honest. Um, I think with the Joker, for he for me, again, he's not my number one. He kind of had his own way of being sadistically funny. Mm-hmm. Like the sequence with the hospital, him wearing the, that, him that, and like him like pressing the button and it's not working. And then it blows up and he just runs away, kind of like that. That, that, I mean, and then I think the, the pencil trick thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of like that was that was funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was like, ta-da, it's gone. It's just like it's just so like out of the blue. I mean, that's why I think I gotta give it to Heath. He I mean, unfortunately, it, I wanted to see more of him. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough Nicholson. I think for Heath, the Heath's performance was just so good. I wanted to see hit more of him, and it was such a shame that he died. Mm-hmm. I was so happy he got the like, even though I know the Oscar was just like Oh, he died. Oh, damn it. All right. The died, and, like, and then, like, he died, and they gave him the Oscar for it. Poor and guy. yet, they gave him the Oscar for it, yet they didn't bother to nominate The Dark Knight for Best Picture. No. And and that was caused so much outrage. And I know I signed a petition because that was bullcrap, because if you're going to put that, put this other stuff on there, put it on there, because the, you know, the Oscars are full of crap. Mm-hmm. At but, least nominate it. At least have a chance yeah, of being I mean, nominated. Yeah. Nominated. Nominated. I mean, it deserved to be nominated. And well, it did because it was that, because it, 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 yeah, yeah, it's a, a, it's a comic book movie, but it didn't feel like a comic book but movie. But at yeah. the same time, though, I feel like, like you're going back on what you were saying, Charlie, was this. You basically gave Heat Ledger an Oscar because he died. Yeah. If you went on ahead and nominated The Dark Knight, even though it had a chance of losing and it lost, at least it, it, you had the right principles behind it. As to why it was nominated, yeah, mm-hmm. for the film, you all you had you gave the trophy over to Heath because he deserved it. That go, that's number one. That's a home run right there. Then if you have it nominated, that's a, that's two home runs. Yeah, they hit. But the fact that they didn't even nominate it at all, and they was just doing it just for the sake of saying, "Oh, Heath passed away." Heath's performance was fantastic for that era, yeah. and mean, he. But yeah. it should have been more to that in context. Rather than saying, "Oh, he passed away. Here's the trophy, and that's it." I mean, and then I mean, for that movie, I mean, at that time, like, I mean, I was all that opening weekend. Yeah. I was a part of history, seen being a part of the highest grossing or like our highest grossing movie of all time at opening weekend. Like that one changed it for for the superheroes, and then everything else. Like, oh, we're gonna pass that. We're gonna pass that. We're gonna pass that. Dark Knight started it in the Dark Knight for that, and the fact that that was another gear towards kids. Where it's really that scary, because this one, like, yeah, at the time it was scary, but now in 2008, when you have the main actor Christian Bale warning kids, "Don't take your kids to see this movie." My sister, she was really little. She wanted to join my brother and myself and my dad to see this. We told her no, because of how scary and seeing Two Face. That for what I mean, I gotta get props to Nolan. You made him look scary. Mm-hmm. And you, you did a great job doing that, and I mean, for that they changed the game in the terms for the Batman's, and for me, and that's why I always like credit that more because I was happy because that's the one that that's that's essentially my generation's version of Batman. Mm-hmm. Because when the, these first two came out, like or like or all these, like I was a kid, little kid mm-hmm. at the time, or I wasn't even born. This one I wasn't born until three years later, and then Batman Returns comes out in '92 probably before I was even born. Like literally. So I don't know. I think I think for me I just gotta give it to Heath because he just 
he changed it for me. Like he, he was the Joker. Like the whole idea about the story of the scars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, change. How he got these scars? Like he's yeah. quoted like now time for like, and he had a lot of dark humor. Time for tryouts. Make it quick. It's just like this. Like there's the. the I mean, it's like this. The, the line, and then the fact that he just slides down the pile of money, lights it on fire while a guy's sitting on top. Like the like a guy sitting. What are there's a guy that's mm-hmm. and it's sitting there laughing like like kind of like I'm, I don't care about money. I want power. Yeah. And and then, uh, right. yeah. And it, and the idea about choice, I think, and that, and that that's why he hits home about choice about yeah. what you choose to see yourself either die a hero or live your, like or you you make the choice to live enough to live long enough to be set up the villain. I mean, it's all about choice. Mm. And that's that's why that's why like the movie's just so like thought provoking because there's so much in it to digest. This one for me is just campy. It's cringeworthy it's stuff i don't want to remember <laughs> and it's like and it's for me it's like i mean if like, and then for you guys you like it that's fine that's great yeah, that's yeah. About cinema it's definitely. a generation yeah. thing yeah yeah and that's yeah. what it is and um but i mean i i just gotta like like i just love the nolan ones because they changed it they changed it i think the batmobile was so cool the batman video and this one looks better and i know uh one of your buddies oh, like, like john mentioned on the picture of the batmobile for the new one this one looks better than that one. <laughs> well, to be fair, that was a year one Batman, and the Batman Batmobile for year one was like just like that, the one that Robert Pattinson's doing. So it was a straight to uh, comic book adaptation. But I can understand why people maybe rubbed the wrong way because it's not envisioned on what they imagined that Batmobile to look like. Because we've I mean, seen the Michael Keaton Batman Batmobile. Mm-hmm. We've seen. The Val Kilmer one. We've seen the George Clooney one. Sadly, no. Uh, we've okay. seen <laughs> we've I mean, seen all these other bat, and we also saw, of course, uh, Christian Bale's Batmobile. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different than your average Batmobile, which people would actually feel rubbed the wrong way. Which I understand because it's not envisioned on what they had in stored. But at the same time, it's straight to comic book adaptation of what I read. It's everything the same too. one. It looks exactly like the same one that Christian Bale drove. And that one's kind of a year one later on in, in his life. Where that with the t- it's a tank looking thing. It's essentially the same one in, in the new Robert Passon one. It's not like it's not like it's mind blowing. It's like I think it's the same one that Christian Bale wrote in the Nolan movies. Yeah. Now I'm guilty of this though, because I like making fun of things I like. I like spoof on things that I love. That's just me. That's just me and my humor. But I remember whenever they had like a Fast and the Furious meme of the car mm-hmm. and had Dominic Toretto driving the Batmobile. And it's not a car. <laughs> Family. Like, like I said, though, that's just me, though, because I love humor. That's just the kind of humor that I like. I like movies that are spoofs. <laughs> I, loved, I like stuff like that. I grew up around the age of spoof movies and things like that. So... You know, I wasn't angry over it. I just found it amusing. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as the Joker for me, I had Nicholson at number one at one time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Heath is my number one. Mm. And I have Nicholson at three. I have, oh. Walking, I have Walking Phoenix at number two. Now, I know that you don't really care for the particular care for this movie, Charlie, but... I didn't see and, it. I wasn't going. Yeah, right. didn't say anything. Here's the thing, though. It did take <laughs> place in Gotham no. City. Uh, but you need to see it. 
Sorry, Joe. It, and it does have Bruce Wayne as a younger kid, as a little kid, though. So Bruce is in it. And it gives you a different perspective of who his father is. He's not this billionaire where everybody looks up to. He's actually a scumbag, basically. But beneath everything else, you have the psychology of the fact that this is a mentally ill person mm-hmm. dealing with stuff and things like that is deranged. And I like the menacing look of what Joaquin Phoenix did mm-hmm. to where I feel like Heath Ledger and him both ran a tight race to where I, right now that's tied for me where they're both, this, uh, I love both of them to be honest. Okay. And so, I love, he, and I love Nicholson for the time that he did. Yeah. It's just that I, it, it's just like two actors topped his performance for me because I saw better layers to that. No. So I'm just gonna stick with the nostalgia. Nicholson is my number one because you betray <laughs> us. And I'm sorry, Tamika. Number two is is Heath, and I think Joaquin is number three for me because I, I can't really put um, like Joaquin did a good job as Joker. Like did a fantastic job, but I, I can't really put them both on the same pedestal. I have to put. Um, Heath on there, and it was a really close. But yeah, it's a close race. I'm not it gonna lie. Close, Charlie. Yeah, I can't. I can't put Heath, but Joaquin Phoenix as Joker in there because you didn't see it. I don't right. want to see it. It looks it, I, for me. It's it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It did it. I watched the trailer. I was like, it. so you can comment. I was on disgusted it, when I watched. Charlie, you saw it. You can comment on it. It looked bad. It definitely looked bad. My dad watched that movie. He didn't. I saw it twice. My dad didn't hear it. He actually told me he thought it was a joke. Yeah, but you supposed to see it so you can comment on it and say, okay, now I know why. I don't want to waste time. I'm not a huge Joaquin Phoenix fan. It's just too weird for me. It's not, yeah, call it Joker. (laughs) It's not Joker. For me, it's not. There's no, like, it's not. I'm like, I don't want to see him. Like, I I mean, that's why I have, like, I had to rank him. I have Leto three because those are the three Jokers I've seen. Leto three, but Leto Leto's version and the Zack Snyder's Justice League. That I can actually put on there. Like that that version of Joker Joker for me is that's three because I want to see more of that. I'd rather see more of that than Joaquin Phoenix win another freaking Oscar. Like you're giving him a freaking Oscar for the Joker, yet you don't you don't bother to put the Dark Knight for Best Picture? Come on, like mm. really? Come on. But you'll say you should see it. In the original Suicide Squad, I couldn't put Leto down, but for the Snyder Cut, I can definitely put Leto down for the Joker because of the fact I didn't oh. see enough of Leto yeah. for me to say that I which one was the better performance. It was not enough for oh, me yeah. to say. But the dynamic and the monologue that he actually brought with the Snyder Cut made me like that version. Tamika, that's my version. That was that's my version of the Joker of Leto's. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not watching Joaquin Phoenix's version. I'm not watching it. I don't really care to be. And then we can talk about it. You need to watch it so we can talk about it. That's what you need to do. (laughs) No, I'm not watching. Why? So I'm just going to trash. Okay, but at least you saw it. Okay, guys, if you guys want to go over to our GoFundMe page for $5, Charlie will watch The Walking Phoenix. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go in and put this up here right now where people can. We need to get him to watch it. Like, pay us uh, so much money so Charlie can watch. 
the Joker or something like. And that. the money's got to go to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, you, I'll pay you five dollars to watch yeah. this movie yeah. myself. Yeah, I put five. Just so you can rent it out of Redbox. I got five right? or something. I'm like, if, like, no, I'm not spending money for that. You don't have to. We give. You don't. You it's on me. Yeah, I don't live in the area where I'm close to a red box. Red box aren't <laughs> really a thing. And, and it's more about streaming. That's all this about is. This. It's probably a stream. It's on HBO Max, probably. Yeah, you can rent it. We'll give you money to rent it. Mm, I don't know. Look at that. He thought about it. He's, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I thought about it. Oh, you guys no. about it. And I'm like, you yeah, yeah. some money. <laughs> You gotta, but anyways, I got to see the money first. Not not tricked of the money. I got to nah. see it first in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> Give me the money to see it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it just doesn't interest me. We're, we're it, okay. Sorry, you're not getting 20 bucks from me. That's what I got on my wallet right now. But we're, we're okay. if you had $5, I could hear the Cratcher quote, I only have $5. We're cash out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll 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 do whatever you need to yeah, do so you can see this. Cash out, PayPal, whatever you got. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, well, that's gonna. Yeah. But I think that's everything that we wanted to discuss as far as the Batman nineteen eighty nine version. Will Charlie see the Walking Phoenix Joker? We only have five or six other Batman films to find out. So we'll hopefully. So anyways, <laughs> what we're gonna do is. No, you did not gladiator that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I did. No, I Dave Batista that one from wrestling. It was in Gladiator too. No, yeah, I know it like, wasn't Gladiator, but I also remember Dave Batista did it in uh, on when WWE was actually good back when uh when he mm. faced Triple H. Oh, cheap shy. But anyways, uh, so Tamika, where can everybody follow you at? Ah, okay, good. When I'm not arguing with Charlie <laughs> on movie love you not. Two Blurred Girls podcast. <laughs> we, oh, there's gonna be more arguing tomorrow. I definitely guarantee that one. Well, you better watch Joker so we can argue properly. Two Blurred <laughs> no, Girls podcast. I'm probably not gonna like it. <laughs> Two Blurred Girls podcast. <laughs> we're on YouTube, and we're also on Facebook under the same name. We're on um, Instagram. Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast. We're on Twitter at Blurred Two Girls. And we also have an audio podcast on Apple, Google, um, Anchor, uh, wherever you can stream podcasts. And I think this Friday, we have been doing a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. We've been reviewing that. But I think this Friday, we're going to take a break. And then we're going to do like a Black History documentary. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll get back to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay. And tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, we're going to be fighting with Charlie again at, <laughs> for Batman Returns. So yeah. you guys can go in and catch that at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and catch that uh, tomorrow night. And of course, the following night, we're doing our Batman Forever review at the same time. And then of course, and then after that, our Batman and Robin, sadly. Yeah, um, I'm actually looking forward to that one. <laughs> God help us all. Um, so, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the mood for chaos. Let's go. Terrible. Right. So another thing too is, if you guys want to, we understand that the uh, that the pandemic has put holes in people's pockets, so that way you can go ahead and get Charlie to watch Joker. But yeah. we understand that the pandemic has. But anyways, we understand that the whole people have uh, other priorities and everything, stuff like that. But if you want to, go ahead, go to our GoFundMe page, 
at gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast and donate five to ten dollars over there. But here's the thing if you guys want to go on ahead, hit that subscribe button, smash that subscribe button over there, comment below, tell us what you think of this review. And also, too, on the right hand corner, there's actually this little bell in the bottom right hand corner that allows you guys to know when we have something new coming on. So smash that bell and do all that other stuff. And another thing, too, is go on ahead, uh, rate us on. On Spotify as well, you can now rate us on Spotify. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's where Tamika and I are actually at, too. But also, too, let me tell you about this other little app called Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for podcasters or someone that listens to podcasts. You can rate individual episodes. We can also comment back and forth with you. And you can also tell us what we need to work on, if you like our reviews or anything like that. Tamika is also part of <clears throat> part of that as well on Good Pods. So go ahead and check that out on Good Good Pods. Then, of course, if you want to, go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. Then underneath the same brand name, of course, on Instagram, Pinterest, and Instagram underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there and on Facebook as well. Uh, but also, too, I do some videos on TikTok from time to time, so uh, some promotional stuff. So just go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit Zero over there. And, of course, if you want to be on the show, if you're a sponsor, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere that you can actually reach me at. Like I said, tomorrow night is our Batman Returns review. I hope that you guys enjoyed our revisiting of ba- Batman 1989. Uh, I enjoyed this with you guys. I cannot wait to do this again. And always until next time. <laughs>